Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dharma Toolkit podcast with me, Chandra Dasa. I'm very happy to be greeting you again in early summer here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, in the United States of America. And very happy to be back at the podcast desk after a little break. I think the last episode we heard was from the Highlands of Scotland. And this week, we're going to be going to the other side of the world, but more of that in a second. If you've been enjoying the episodes through the pandemic, if you like this podcast, please tell your friends, please share it. And if you can, take the time to like us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google or wherever you get your podcasts these days, the whole supermarket of podcast shopping that now exists. It's been quite a year and a half for everybody around the world. It's been quite a year and a half in our community in Triratna. And I'm delighted this week to be welcoming two guests from India, very kindly joining us after a long working day in India at half past six in the evening. We're going to be talking to them about what's going on in our community in India, in the Triratna Buddhist Order in India, obviously through the COVID crisis with coronavirus still a major problem. And we're also going to be hearing about their stories. How did they find their way to the Dharma? So I'm going to call in my friends from India one at a time, starting with Abhayanavita. Good evening, Abhayanavita. Good evening. Yeah, I'm good. But also having lots of heat. And exactly today we don't have electricity at our home. So I'm a bit boiling here. Oh, no. Oh gosh, I hope I hope the I hope the air cools soon or you get your air conditioning back or something. Get the fans, the ceiling fans going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your voice is really like that. Cooling. Thank Cooling. you. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that before. Now now I'm blushing if I have it. Now I, now I feel a little hot. <laughs> I'm going to welcome your friend uh, by Navita Tara Hridaya, who's also joining us. Good evening, Tara Hridaya. Hello, Chandra Dasa. Good evening. Yes, I am fine. Here in Pune, it's raining since half past two. So it's a little bit cooler. Though it is hot every day because it's May. But because it's raining, it is a little bit cooler now. So I'm good and very good to see both of you. Yes, thanks both for being so kind and saying yes to a request for a podcast, especially after working and in the middle of everything that's going on. I guess it'd be nice to hear, actually, where are you both and what is life like for you at the moment, day to day, Tara Basically, my native place is, I'm from North India, it's called Uttar Pradesh, but at the moment I am in Pune and last 29 years, I think since 1992, I am living in Pune. I became part of Sangha here. So Pune is in Maharashtra, but I travel a lot all over India. But just because of pandemic, I'm just sitting at home at the moment. And what causes you to travel so much? I work for ordination process team, women ordination process team in our Sangha, because we train women to go deeper in their going for refuse. And for that work, we do lead a lot of retreats and we visit in different centers in different parts of India. So because of that, I do travel a lot. And when you're at home, do you live with your family and what's your work? I live with my family. I have two children, one son and my one daughter and my husband. And sometimes we have other family members visiting us and living with us also, like my mother and my sister. But at the moment before I'm living in Pune. My children are now grown up, but still as Indian culture, it's no matter how old you are. Just all family members, they live together. <laughs> yes. I live in Amravati. It's in Maharashtra. 
and amravati is quite near nagpur we can say that it is a very middle of indian map just like a heart of india so i am living there and it's fortunately or unfortunately i'm living here i did my education here i get married here even i become a dhamacharini means a member of the ratna buddhist community here i'm working in a social project which is connect with ratna buddhist community so i'm working full time there so everything here in amravati but i got many times opportunity to travel for retreat and even for workshops or training for meetings all over india so i can go out of amravati sometimes when we spoke last week together about doing this podcast you were telling me all sorts of hilarious stories about being mistaken for each other you've become friends and now people think you're the same person <laughs> did you want to tell people about that <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can tell that actually as Sararudha and me is a part of Triratna Buddhist community and we are here for a long time, I think more than 25 years we are working in Triratna Buddhist community. I don't know what people find similar in us. Maybe that we look a bit same, we have same size and maybe that uh, how we speak or how we come in front of the stage or in front of people. maybe our presentation skills or something what i don't know but many times people make a mistake within us sometimes they told me that oh we have seen you on that stage and i said that i was never there it's quite nice i don't think you look anything like each other <laughs> 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 yeah, but you do like you do laugh in a similar way so maybe people laugh maybe people hear you <laughs> so laugh your laughter and they they think oh tarhadai is laughing you say no 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 it's not tarhadai so maybe that may that make us similar what do you think tarhadai why do you think people would confuse you and and your good friend the bayanavita i never actually understand and abhinavita and me in 2018 we were together in uh, adishtana for one month course and that was our i think first time that we were that long together actually we never been together in a retreat in a room together we had one retreat together but we were not sharing a room but that was our first time so we never never found that we are looking very much similar but i don't know why people just uh, <laughs> make this but maybe they might find which things we can't see but they might find something similar between us one thing it might be laugh but another thing how confidently we come forward and just take initiative so maybe our qualities we have similar quality that definitely we both share but i don't know how we look like <laughs> that i don't know for sure you don't yeah. look like each other at all i remember meeting you both at the end of your time in england i think it met yes. you in india as well before i remember yes, having yes. one conversation with you about anavita about your work yeah. some years ago at the time when i met you i just assumed you were very close friends and you spent a lot of time together but you were saying that that trip to england to adistana was quite an important marker in your friendship Yes it was maybe that how people uh, mix us together that already has create a bond between us when we got opportunity to stay together so we don't feel that we are spending time together first time we feel that we are friends from long time so i think that is a good that people mistake us together <laughs> in a way it seems quite appropriate for people to look at you as a pair of friends 
rather than separate individuals. And maybe people listening to this podcast, maybe it's quite new to them, the idea that we would really see a community as fundamentally a collection of friends. And that's the most important way that we have a network of people practicing the Dharma is through friendship. You both are leading order members in India and you're helping many women prepare for uh, Dharma life in general for ordination training. Your personal friendships, presumably they're very important to you, but how have you developed those friendships and how did they bring you into the Dharma life? I think friendship for me is very important. Since I came in Sangha, especially when I came in Pune, Pune is, if you know who is listening this podcast, if they know a little bit about India, they know that India is a very big country. And one state to another state, it's totally different. Your food is different, your language is different, your culture is different, and everything is different. When I came here in Pune, it was totally like going to other country because I didn't know any Marathi. I did not even hear that there is a language called Marathi. So that was very, very new for me. I was very innocent. In very young age, I left my home. I was, I think, 18 when I came in Pune. So the thing which kept me here in Pune and gave me so much opportunities to grow was the friendship with my friends. So I started to live in community, women's community here in Pune. That was our only women's community. And Bhante Sangrakshita had started just a few months before I came here. So friendship was really very, very important for me. And that was the main thing which kept me here and gave me so much courage to just keep going. And just day by day, I think friendship is developing. And that circle of friendship is growing and growing day by day. So I'm really very happy. That's very valuable for me. It's very beautifully said. Yeah. I think friendship is a thing which keeps me continue in Ratna Buddhist community. I was so young when I joined this community. I think I was 13 or 14 something. That time you can imagine that not so important to join Sangha or just being so committed. But even at that time, I can feel and understand the importance of friendship in the way that we got some people who can listen us, who can understand us, even they can feel our difficulty just like it is their difficulty and they show us a path in difficult situation. It is just like a blood I experience in my body, in my mind, how I was growing. So I think friendship is a very important factor for me, which kept me continuing Sangha. I am a person who can't live without people. I don't feel so happy to be alone or just thinking about me or staying with myself. So always I want someone with whom I can speak, I can share. I can spend time with them, even I can be vulnerable in front of them or I can be proud in front of them. All aspects of the life I can share with that person or those person. And that can be only a friendship. And when it is a spiritual friendship, which is on a right track, on a right way, that is, I think, something very important in life. This is one thing I can't live without Maybe you could say a bit, Tarhudaya, about how you first encountered the Dhamma and why did it stick with you? Why did you decide, yes, this is what I want to do with my life? Ah, yes. As I told, I am from North India. 
and even that time 28 29 years ago maharashtra was very advanced when i came here from there i could not see but in uttar pradesh it was very backward especially for women it was much much backward that time still it is backward than maharashtra and we were living in a very conservative family it was very orthodox family and we were eight sisters and my father was alone who was earning money that time he was drinking smoking doing all sorts of things and so we did not have a very happy family every day we had fighting we had difficulties my father used to drink and just come at home sometimes he was drinking at home with his friends though we had very small room and just in front of them he was beating us he was shouting at us abusing us so it was all those things were happening but the good thing happened that because he was calling himself buddhist he was part of one buddhist organization and that buddhist organization has uh, organized a retreat from triratna and he went there because he was part of that organization and when he came back he was totally changed man he left his drinking he left his smoking his temperament also gone down it didn't stay for very long the temperament but other things were totally gone he never drank he never smoked after that and that was like a miracle for all of us for my whole family that inspired us we were so curious where he had gone and from where he got this change and then he had a piece of land in hastinapur in that small village or small town and he offered that land which he did not buy but he had uh, occupied that land that was a big thing he offered that land to the sangha and requested them to start a center there and start a boys hostel there so since then we were just coming in contact with these order members many different order members were coming and to see them it was so inspiring and that just kept me going and kept me in the sangha and dhamma that was very very important and it was like miracle for all of us it's wonderful to hear tarkadaya And Abhinavita, do you want to say something about how you came in contact with the Dhamma? And maybe you could say a little bit about Dr. Ambedkar for people who don't know who Dr. Ambedkar is and also brought you into the Sangha and why have you stayed? I came in Sangha because my parents had joined already and they also wanted me and my brother to join Sangha. Though I was 13 and 14 years, I was already attracted towards Buddhism. normally my family is not from background which so easily joined buddhism but whatever i was uh, looking around my family and in my relative it is so similar like how the sararudaya has shared that most of the family are behaving so dominating drinking how they are behaving with their wives and with their daughter and i also started to feel same thing in my life that being as a girl how it's so difficult to survive in this community we never feel free or happiness when we are in relative or we are in friends or we are at home and never feel that happiness which i feel in sangha because in sangha i never got any restriction being a girl how should i speak how should i walk how should i present myself or should i wear as a girl i have to face those things in sangha i feel very safe and open opportunity to develop as a human being 
as a girl and as a woman i feel respect and acceptance in sangha and that kept me continue in sangha and also in that age i get opportunity to hear about baba sahib dr ambedkar was a very big and revolutionary social activist he was just like a hero for dalit community till 1956 he has worked actually he has given all his life for all downtrodden people all dalit people to eradicate caste and also to eradicate all this discrimination which was going on the base of gender when being woman or being a scheduled caste person it was completely very unhuman life for indian situation before 1956 we can say but baba sahab has fight a lot in his life to change this situation and he was a very big inspiration for me in my life because sriratna buddhist community was the one place where i got opportunity to learn more about dr ambedkar and to learn more about his vision and even also how we can implement his thoughts and his vision in our personal practice and in our action so that i find very inspiring in my life being in triratna and as a follower of dr ambedkar that was really fascinating to hear by navita one thing that occurred to me listening is that in the west when buddhists talk about dr ambedkar they almost always talk about caste which is obvious in a certain way but i was struck that you said also dr ambedkar talked very explicitly about ending discrimination on the basis of gender and i know that's been important in your own work and it's important in the ordination process in india but tarpadai i wonder can you say something more about how work for women and girls in india and creating a place of safety for practice and dignity and respect how dr ambedkar's work helps create that atmosphere yes I knew about Dr. Ambedkar since my childhood as I told that my father was calling himself the Buddhist. He was a hero actually. He was a hero of Dalit people. Always we were celebrating his birthday which is largely celebrated in India. That is the only Jayanti or birthday that largest celebration going on all over India. Now I heard that all over the world also many people celebrate his birthday. So that was how I came to know about Dr. Ambedkar. And my father was a very good person. Actually, he was a very knowledgeable person. And he was standing in front of all the people in that locality. We were the only people who were Buddhist. And people were just teasing us about it. But he was fighting with the whole society there, being a Buddhist, being an Ambedkarite person. And that gave me a lot of confidence, as Abhayanavita said. that baba saheb has fought for all the people i would say not only fought for scheduled caste people he fought for women and he fought for all the people is the all society which one by one his benefits whatever he has given to us is coming now and those that work is coming in light now because now we see that many people are working they used to work 14 hours a day 12 hours a day and we see that baba saheb has given that law he has made a provision in constitution that everybody should work for 8 hours and that now people are understanding that provision made by dr ambedkar not anybody else you ask specially about the girls and women so we see that he has written the hindu code bill 
and if we read that hindu code bill that's not for particular one caste women it is for all women and all caste and background which are also coming now and many people are taking benefit of it even some women don't know from where they got these benefits they got right in property they can remarry if their husband died they can have property from their husband's side they can have education then they have maternity leave so all these benefits they got from that hindu code bill there are many many provisions that dr ambedkar made but unfortunately when he was there and he put it in parliament that time it was not passed and because of that he has resigned from his ministership so that was a unfortunate thing but we can see that how he was so careful and he was thinking about women who was so suppressed in indian society so he was fighting for them no matter that they understand or not but he was fighting and if their welfare was not secure by him so he was not ready to even stay in the politics so that was a really very big sacrifice for all women so i must say that he made this society safe and very easy for women it's not very safe still because though he made all these provisions and all the laws it's depend on people how they are obeying that but still he tried to make those provisions and that's very very important for all women in india finally to can I ask you to expand a little bit and say in your own work with women and girls do you think the generation now is more confident than your generation was when you were a young girl and sort of discovering the dam and discovering how to live a life are women and girls these days more confident because there's a history of more freedom or is it still just a big struggle all the time actually there are two answer about this as i continuously working with women and girls from last 25 year i'm seeing different levels actually a different group some groups are very very free very confident than how i was at that time or maybe how tarabdaya was at that time confident in all different ways how they are wearing clothes how they got opportunity to wander here and there their parents are so easy to give them permission about where should they go and how they should spend their time with friends it was not that easy at our time there was lots of restriction about the clothing and also about our wandering here and there so i can see that this is one group those girls or those children if we are as a parent quite liberal my friends girls and their daughters they have this confidence they got this opportunity they got this situation but since there are some groups in india still that i am working with the slum girls the girls from the tribal area the girls from very backward class and caste so they are in the same situation where i was before 25 years before 30 years before 40 years even i thought that i was in a better situation than they still they don't got all those opportunity of development all those opportunity of expression they also face a lot of violence in their life being a girl and also being from a backward background or from a scheduled caste or from a nomadic tribe so it is very different about different groups and tarfrida i suppose the same question for you when young women find their way to 
Preratna, they come on their first class or they come on their first retreat. Have you noticed any difference across the generations between the women and girls of your own generation and your parents maybe, and then the current generation? Yeah, definitely we can see the difference. In my age, 30 years ago, when I first time go, I don't remember actually that day, but I was very shy. And my generation was like that. All the dhamacharis were there. Men were there teaching us. So we did not allow to talk with them freely or laugh in the class or talk in the class. But now I see when new girls are coming in the classes and they are coming in the retreat, they are allowed to do that. And mostly the young girls are coming, mostly their family members are already in Sangha. So because of that, it gives them courage. And it gives them some freedom also. And they are practicing already. But some women, some girls are coming whose family members are not even in Sangha. But still the generation gap is definitely there. This generation is more free than our generation. They have more exposure also. We did not know many things. We had very limited exposure, very limited area, very limited knowledge of things. But now the girls... From cities, they have more knowledge, but from rural area, they have less knowledge, but still they have more knowledge and more exposure. They have friends, at least from different places, so they get more exposure than us. So definitely that difference is there. But as uh, Abhanavita mentioned, there are always two layers or even sometimes three layers you can see. So even in cities also, if girls are coming from backward slum or from very different backward caste, always they find it difficult to mix with other people because casteism and this segregation is very much in our society. It's gone in very much roots of our conditioning. So when somebody from outside of that particular group comes, they find it a bit difficult. So it is our duty that we have to make them comfortable and make it open for all of them. So that we try to do. But definitely there is a difference. I can see that difference. Yes. Listening to both of you talk about the differences, it strikes me that you must both gain a lot of joy from being able to mentor, to teach other young women coming through. And it must be quite a big difference for them just to have experienced women who are confident, who can show them love and the kind of sense of all the possibilities of an open, free life. What has it been like for you to grow and develop into a senior teacher in a Buddhist order in India? Actually, it has been really like a journey for me being a teacher, being a Buddhist teacher. I never understand that I was actually learning Buddhism and how I get uh, trans as a teacher, how I get change that I start to teach the Dhamma. It happened so suddenly and so uh, very nicely, actually, very smooth. I enjoyed this journey because I was very energetic young girl. And always, if there is a lecture, I was always in front, listening very carefully. And after the lecture, asking them questions very confidently. So I think I become Dhamma Mitra and I become Dhamma Charini. I start to give a lecture. I start to lead a retreat. I start to lead a study group. Still, I feel that passion, that liveness when I hear something from someone and I have question and I ask those questions. So I think this is very parallel process going with me, that learning and teaching and learning and teaching. 
I can influence. I can create that influence that affects girls or women on people's mind, and it make them to think to change themselves according to dharma. And when I see this impact, I really feel very happy. I feel so satisfied. So this process has given me a lot of happiness, lots of joy. But still, sometimes whenever I am in role of teaching the dharma, I feel a small gap of sadness or unsatisfaction about how I was so inspired about the dharma. I want to see them to be so passionate about dharma, so passionate about Dr. Ambedkar, so passionate about. changing our own life developing our own approaches or our own qualities i want to see that and that's something sometimes i'm missing actually i'm missing that so that makes me sometimes bit upset that makes sense anyone teaching anything they always want their passion to be like a mirror coming back to them yeah <laughs> and tara for dai what's it been like for you to step into the role of being the leader in our community and particularly to help people learn how to take their own spiritual life seriously and to commit to it yeah it's very much like abhanavita has said teaching by learning is very important for me i never thought when i saw all these dhammacharis back in hastinapur they were like gods for me for my whole family and we never thought <laughs> that we can become like them it was like totally unreachable thing for me for all of us but when we start to know they gave confidence that you can also become like us and we did not just born like you how we are now we became by practicing so that gave us so much confidence that we can also become like that and since then i started but still to teach the dhamma it was very big thing for me since the beginning i never thought that i would become a dhamma teacher i just thought i will just keep learning which i am still doing but it happened that for my work and just as i was starting practicing so i started to teach also but it was always very important keeping up my practice when people ask me to give a talk i always think that if they give me some topic that's better when people just leave it open i don't understand what to talk about i need some topic because on that topic i can reflect a lot i can think and i can think my own examples how i am living that subject or how i am doing when i am practicing on that thing and then i can do it but if people ask me very big big topics or big teachings or big principles which i am very far from i find it very difficult to explain them because that's not my practice so if i am at least trying to practice any principle or any teachings i feel very confident to teach about it and another thing i find is it's not only just giving the lectures giving the talks or leading the retreats it's just being with the people just listening to them talking about myself talking about their lives talking about my life my practices their practices sharing all that is also teaching and which i do a lot day before yesterday i talked with a mitra and she was telling it's good that you called me there is a old lady she was remembering you and i don't know that lady and she was saying she was corona positive and in that situation she rang me and she was asking how is tara rudya and her family i'm just missing her i never talked with that woman 
and i don't even remember her face who she is i never heard her name i don't know in her situation when she was positive how she remembered me and please call her and she would be very happy if you call her and i asked her give me her number and i called that lady and she was so happy she is now cured i'm glad that she is cured but she was so so happy that she got a call from me i did not say to be honest that i don't remember you or i don't know i just make inquiry how you are and this and that and just made a friendly contact and i think that for me at this time it was also a very important teaching how to just connect with people because there are so many things are happening in the world at the moment especially in india around us so many things are happening but in that time just to support and there are so many occasions when i hear from people that that person was remembering you could you just please make a call for her and she would be very happy sometimes i just do that as a dharma practitioner it is very important for me and for those people because sometime it also happened that you talk with that person and after some days you hear that that person is no more so it's so very very important and that is the part of my life at the moment that every day i'm just trying to contact some people so that's very important that's a really strong point that in a way it comes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the conversation with friendship being the whole of the spiritual life being the lifeblood of our community but it puts me in mind of the whole situation in india around covid and coronavirus all my friends in india have been talking to me about the work of the sangha in the midst of the pandemic and the work of the order and it seems the way you described your priority every day is just to be in touch with people just to be a support and to give people what they need which is friendship and care and a sense that someone is aware of them someone's holding them in mind maybe you could both talk a little bit about your experience of india in the pandemic at the moment and particularly what it's like being in the order obviously so many people have died in the order so many mitras so many friends too presumably it's just a very strong period to be practicing dhammacharini in a sangha that is trying to adjust and adapt this is really not good situation we started to experience this from last march before that we were just hearing news from outside india and for us this is difficult two way one is we all know that we are worried about this infection this virus and lots of people are affecting by this we know that we lost lots of order member and mitra from sri ratna community sri ratna community has given a very big sense of connection just like a family again this is maitri this is friendship though we haven't get opportunity to see each other meet each other but still if we got news of any order member or any dhamma mitra that make us sad that give us a lots of grief that oh we lost one order member we lost one mitra these days we have gone all this news even sometimes in one day we got two news three news our heart was full of sadness and still we don't know what will happen which day will come with which news another thing that i am facing every day one point is a corona virus one point is a infection one point is being fearful about death and another thing due to this corona virus 
with those people living their life in very difficult situation economically when they depend on daily wages and not having proper earning sources this pandemic make their situation very difficult they are not too much worried about the infection they are worried about dying due to hunger or due to all this pressure and how they will survive so i am facing both situations as i told you i am working in one of the social project which is run by triratna buddhist community the organization name is bahujanita society amravati and through that every day we are trying to do some relief work just now actually me and my team we are 12 and 13 people together we are trying to reach hospitals mostly government hospitals where very poor people can't go to the private hospitals they can't take their family to private hospitals so they are going to government hospitals and those are from very tribal area or from a rural area they don't have resources they don't have money to buy proper food to hire any lodge or hotel to stay and rest there so they just spending their time in one waiting room and we are trying to support them with meal we teach them some meditation actually it was very different experience for me and my team we try to teach them meditation in standing situation and in our life we never teach anapansati or maitri bhavana for concentration or for positive approach we never teach in 4 minute or 5 minute but instead of having nothing we try to do whatever least we can do so we teach them this anapansati sometimes we teach them maitri bhavana and we finish that meditation in 4 minute in 5 minute because they want to do that in standing situation but still we can see a positive effect on them on their face and with that meal and positive surrounding which we can create for them every day all over we tried to do lots of relief work distributing groceries even tried to distribute books and stationery to the children we really always think why this situation come and this situation actually should never come in our life fear about getting infected fear about dying with corona virus and fear of dying with less resources and hunger and just uh, opportunity of being a human to survive so we are facing all this difficulty we are seeing all this situation through our eyes it's really very difficult and i'm so thankful that triratna buddhist community is taking lots of initiatives i can say only what i am doing and my team is doing here in amravati but from all over india all our triratna brothers and sisters trying in their way some are distributing food some are distributing groceries some are providing counseling some are organizing retreat and spreading dhamma in those situation teaching meditation doing all these things we are getting support from all over the world and really i am so thankful to all my brothers and sisters from outside india also that they can understand this situation and they are with us to help us so i am really so thankful to all my brothers and sisters helping us in any way in any way if they are thinking also about us that's also a big help and concern reaching to us 
So thank you so much. Mm, thank you, Bhainavita. It's been very strong hearing all the tales from India. We did a podcast a while ago with Arya Ketu, who was describing the relief efforts to distribute food in the various slums around where he works and the Arya Loka Institute, mm. but also setting up Wi-Fi so that the children can keep going to school and do online learning. It was very, very good to hear. And in the podcast notes, we'll share some links where people can continue to support Triratna in India and help with equipment and money and all those kind of things. Sabaya Navita gave a very good summary of what's happening in Sangha. Tarashadaya, maybe you could talk a bit about it from your experience, but also maybe what you think the coronavirus pandemic means for our community in the future when you look forward. Obviously, we're still in the middle of things, but if you think about the future, do you think that the pandemic is going to change Triratna in India and the way you maybe think about the work that we're doing? Yes, Sabaya Navita has told whatever we are doing in Triratna mainly. And she gave a very large picture of it. Uh, definitely in Triratna, in India, it is also going to change. We both are in that age that we never experienced the pandemic. This is our first time. I did not hear of pandemic even. Yes. Now I am just hearing on YouTube that every 100 years, one pandemic come and this happened, that happened. I don't know that might have happened, but this might be the biggest, but I don't know. I'm not sure because I'm not expert in that. But definitely it is going to change our lives. I don't know in India just to see the size of country and the size of the population, how long it will take to get over the situation. When we talk about the vaccination, it is also very unknown what is going to happen because sometimes they declare this, sometimes they declare that, and there is nothing happening. What is going on in news is different and what is going on in real field. So we don't know how long it is going to take. It might take this whole year or it might take even next year or maybe next couple of years. One thing just in back of my mind, as we were talking about Dr. Ambedkar and about other things, how 70, 80 years ago or 60 years ago or even in some places now also people experienced untouchability. Everybody is experiencing it now. Everybody. It's no matter they are from which caste or no matter from which background, rich to poor, poor to rich, young to old, everybody is experiencing it in different way, which is not a very good thing. Nobody should experience that. But sometimes people who have experienced it, it was very, very painful for them. And now everybody is experiencing it is very painful for them. And other thing is, I don't know how it is going to happen, but it might affect people's mind also. The mental health, people have very different type of experience in this time. This is one and a half year people had been at home or they have to keep themselves at home. As Benavita mentioned, there are a lot of people who are struggling for their survival against coronavirus. But at the same time, there are people who are struggling to just earn money and they can get some food. We can't deny that people have to be at home because of fear. I don't know how it is going to affect, but definitely it is going to affect on our work as Triratna because it taught us a lot. Before the pandemic, we never heard online teaching. We never done online teaching. I think Abhayanavita was there on 10th of April. I remember that first time we had our international community meeting. That was our first international meeting online. Until then, Zoom, Google, Meet and this and that, we were not introduced at all. 
still in our team many people are there who didn't know many retreatants who don't know who don't have access of internet they don't have phone and i see that many women are just borrowing phone for 2 hours 2 and 1/2 hours from their family members sometimes even abhanavita have been in some retreats two women are sitting together they are sharing and they are on phone so it's a different kind of education also people are becoming bit aware even though they are 70 years old they are totally illiterate but this situation is teaching us how to be technology friendly still we are not expert but little bit i remember that every time we lead a retreat and the women are in my group at least half of the women i have to teach them how to mute and unmute themselves and how to put video on and off and they wait for somebody please come please come please come they can't hear me and what is happening just tell me these small things at least i try to teach them in my group so this is very very big challenge for us how we should become technology friendly and we can do things online in future because we don't know when it is going to finish it might take longer than we thought and maybe we have to think differently also when we physically meet in the retreat that give us different experience and indian women's situation their life around them is very very difficult very packed when they are going in retreat they are totally leaving their family and house life but at the moment they are struggling a lot because they are in the middle of that life and at the same time they are attending the retreat online so they are doing two things together in that way also according to the requirement we keep changing our programs keep changing our timings our way of teaching so maybe somewhere we have to bring some new innovative ways of teaching in that way i think karanudeh mentioned very important point about technology now it's become so habitual and i think there will be some positive effect also of this this situation is really not good it should not happen again but this corona will teach us friendship important of human connection it also has hamper and challenge our ego i see actually even just in market people become so polite they become so sensitive because everyone are worried about their future about their present how we will survive survive in all the sense survive with resources and human connection is also a big resource always human need we can't live without each other so i think that value the value of human corona has teaches we will remember these days and then we will value the situation we got in future which we was not so sensitive about in past i think always anything there are two sides and we will see that in future it's very lovely to hear you talk about the human aspect and maybe just be more grateful for that more sensitive to remembering that we're all connected in a particular way i can see that people become more sensitive towards each other in this time people in different ways who were not thinking about each other or about others started to think about others also and because this unpredictability of life anything can happen people their emotions are opening and they are opening doors towards each other so it's really very good thing abhinavita has said that our sangha is helping so many ways 
many different people are working whatever they can do but at the same time i am seeing that in society also other people are helping in whatever ways they can help just this solidarity not only in sangha humanity is coming out so that is very very important so i think if that stays that would be very helpful for all of us mm. i was just thinking now i understand why people confuse the two of you why they think you're the same person because you're both so thoughtful and so kind and so committed and dedicated to your dharma work it makes me feel quite hopeful about the future of the sangha in india because well you two are there <laughs> you're like one being one friend <laughs> together just moving forward and inspiring young women and girls and i'm sure inspiring young boys and men as well to live a dharma life and to build a better future for india and for sri ratna so thank you both so much for coming and bringing your thoughtfulness and your kindness and your laughter thank you thank you for inviting us it yes, was really yes. very nice to be here thank you bye navita i'm so glad you thank you chandradasa it was so nice to have this meeting and so nice <laughs> to see you and tarudaya yes thank yeah. you thank you thank you bye <laughs> navita and thank okay. you i want bye. to just say thank you to all our friends sending help from overseas not only financial help but they are just thinking about india in whatever way i know that many centers people are taking pujas they are just thinking about us every day i get some messages and they just write you are in our mind and heart and just we are thinking about you those words is really really very very important for all of us sometimes i just tell my family members they are not just thinking about me and my family they are thinking about india for us indians it's very important that this humanity is growing and this friendship is also growing it's very very important so just i want to give thanks to all of them so a fantastic conversation with the bayanavita tarashdaya thanks so much to you both again for coming from india and taking your time in the evening when i'm sure you're tired and you'd like to be getting on with your day yeah a lovely reminder as well for our community just to bear each other in mind it's wonderful to help we'll share links of ways you can help with the community in india to continue to work against the worst parts of the coronavirus epidemic but as both tarshadai and abhinavita said just bearing people in mind means an awful lot and that's really what this podcast is about is the community around the world hearing each other's stories and remembering that you are part of the same community at least the human community maybe the buddhist community maybe the triratna buddhist community with both the bayanavita and tarshadaya and their stories talk to your story and hopefully you'll continue to help exemplify sangha and the best of our community in your own life i'll be back soon with some more stories and voices from around the world in our buddhist community but for now goodbye <laughs>